Welcome to episode 10 of The Victors, a Michigan sports podcast. We are affiliated with Between the Whistles Detroit, a JC Sports Network exclusive. I'm your host, Chad Mazegan, joined by my co-host as always, Jordan Dean. It's finally Big Ten play coming about, into the schedule. It's about time, man. We'll get a little bit more competition up in here. Yeah, the uh, first three weeks we knew we were going to be a cakewalk. Uh, Michigan did as expected and blew out every opponent. Um, but yeah, it's good to look forward to uh, Maryland coming into town. They'll present a little bit of a threat, especially with their passing offense. And um, you know, nothing Michigan shouldn't be able to handle. But should uh, you know, I'll at least be able to sit down for four quarters and watch this game. Um, <laughs> compared to the last three delay um, you're cutting the grass a little longer this time that's right so you know like, oh man i gotta go get stuff done so no but we look forward to it uh real competition finally coming into the big house but uh with that let's do a quick breakdown of the yukon game and talk about some of the uh stuff that took place so michigan had their probably best slash easiest game of the season in week three with a 59 to zero shellacking of the yukon huskies um, Jim Mora says it's the best team he's ever played, essentially, said he doesn't see a weakness. I said, Jim Mora, how would you see a weakness when, you know, you don't have anything that can penetrate if we had a weakness sort of thing? But, uh, you know, that's the that's the false hype that a lot of people like to call out. So it is what it is, but it is funny. Um, but 59 to nothing, um, I, th- I would say they looked as, expe- uh, as expected, especially offensively. Blake Corm tied the Michigan record set by Hassan Haskins. Um, or Hassan Haskins tied last year against Ohio State with five rushing touchdowns. Um, and then Ron Johnson back in 1968 against November, uh, against, against Wisconsin, uh, had five rushing touchdowns who set the record initially. So, um, but pretty, pretty good performance by Blake Corum. Um, but what are, what are some things you took away from this, uh, game? I was it was good to see just a, a continual improvement. I thought the offensive line played a lot better this week. Um, I just feel like they didn't miss any assignments the entire game in the run game. I will say, passing game, they gave up a few hits on Cade, which <clears throat> unfortunately sucked for Cade. Um, but I, all in all, everyone caught receivers got open, running backs hit the hole. They had five rushing touchdowns. Kind of hard to be critical of an offense that yeah i mean the offense points. had 26 first downs was nine for 13 on third down uh efficiency 192 rushing yards 273 passing yards for a grand total of 465 in reference uconn only had 110 total yards on the day uh michigan did go up two sacks um but they held the ball for 34 minutes and four seconds of the 60 minute ball game so overall a very efficient day um you know hard McCarthy was 15 for 18 with 214 yards. Did not have a passing touchdown this game, but, you know, when you have a running back score five times on the ground, <laughs> uh, it doesn't leave much room to pass for one. No, so, uh, Blake Corm, 12 carries, 71 yards and five touchdowns. Had a very nice game. Ronnie Bell um, led the charge receiving with seven receptions and 96 yards. So, overall, um, you know, good day in terms of efficiency, especially on offense. Uh, defense, you mentioned you were, um, you know, you expected a little more from the pass rush. You want to? Yeah, I just, though we didn't get any sacks in the game, it doesn't mean you don't have a good performance. I mean, like you said, it was 110 yards of total offense. Right. They right? only allowed uh, 24 passing yards and 86 rushing Yeah, yards, so, so I mean, you can get the quarterback off the spot. You can do those type of things without getting to him and, you know, <laughs> changing timings. But to me, like, I don't love not having at least one on the board. Um, I'll just it's, maybe it's just a psychological thing for me, but you know, heading into Big Ten play, you know we're, we're playing our best quarterback that we're going against, and if we don't get after Mr. Uh, uh, Talia, um, 
you know, he, he, he could uh, hurt us a little bit. Yeah. No, you know, it could also be, you know, they knew they were going to beat UConn. Didn't have to. It was pretty vanilla. Yeah, we, we didn't do a lot. They might have been already preparing for Maryland in a sense, you know, so yeah. they could have stayed vanilla on defense knowing that they weren't. Because I'll be honest, watching the UConn game compared to Hawaii and Colorado State, I don't feel like Minter called as many blitzes, things like that. I felt like they kept it with a pretty fair four-man rush and, you know, kind of played back in coverage. Wasn't wasn't attacking as much as we saw in the first two games. So, um, you know, don't have to show your hand when you know you're going to. No, absolutely. I, yeah. I expect that we see a, a, a very different Michigan defense this, this upcoming Saturday. Just a lot more specific things to mix it up for uh, the Maryland offense and different blitz packages. Yeah, we'll go back to what you said a couple of weeks ago. I expect to see that pre-snap movement on defense to yep. try to kind of get Talia Tungabailoa, you know, confused with what he's reading, get him in the false reads where he thinks something's going to be there and pop, you know, someone, you know, hopefully can create turnovers, get pressure on him. Um, you know, he does have athletic ability, so you're going to have to play some containment in the pocket and stuff like that. But we'll get into that in a little bit when we do our Maryland preview. Uh, you know, in terms of concerns, not really any on the field. You know, we did mention the pass rush, but UConn did a decent job in trying to do work their quick uh, pass game. But I think the main concern comes on the injury front, specifically yes. Cade McNamara. Um, you know, if he hadn't already officially lost a job, he definitely has now as he's going to miss multiple weeks, according to Jim Harbaugh. Not a hard timeline on that, nothing really specific injury-wise. We know his ankle got rolled up on uh, when he took his uh, sack in the second half or uh, second quarter at the end of the second quarter. Um, yeah, just no timetable. Jim Harbaugh essentially said he doesn't think it's season ending, expects him back uh, within a couple weeks. But it's it's definitely JJ's show now. Yeah, no, 100%. It just sucks. It was only literally on two snaps and the man gets hurt. So I, I hope he has a speedy recovery because I do think uh, we are not as good as a football team with him not being the number two quarterback and having to turn to uh, Warren if JJ ever went down. So I uh, – Definitely want Cade back as soon as possible. Yeah, Warren, uh, you know, got some time over the last three games. Looked good. Um, I think his arm strength is a little less than you probably want in your collegiate quarterback. But he uh, seems like he makes decent reads. Is smart with the football more often than not. So, um, you know, not the worst backup in the world. No, but definitely not to the level of Cade, who obviously was a full-time started last year. Uh, you know, the success he had winning the Big Ten, uh, taking you guys to the, taking us to the playoffs. So, um, bummer, but hopefully he gets back uh, when we get into the meat of the schedule that way in case something happens to J.J., uh, Kate can step in and be that guy to hopefully, you know, settle everyone down and say, hey, we've done this before, we can do it again sort of thing. So, Absolutely. Uh, other injuries to monitor, uh, you got Donovan Edwards. Um, obviously, he did not play against UConn uh, this past weekend. The injury uh, news came up after the Hawaii game, uh, dealing with a leg injury, I believe it was. Um Harbaugh essentially said after the game, um, he's questionable. They're playing it on the safe side, of course, and you know he's doing he's doing good and feeling better. But um, Jim Harbaugh did not say whether he will play or not yet this week, so we'll have to just monitor as it goes on. And I'm sure Saturday we won't really probably find out till Saturday whether he's dressed and warming up on the field before the game. Or I not, agree. So. I I wouldn't be surprised if he plays or has limited snaps, something like that. And honestly, I think it's one of those things where obviously Edwards had his break breakout game last year against Maryland, 10 receptions and a ton of yardage and some scores. But, um, you know, Stokes is playing so well uh, behind Corm and Edwards when obviously Edwards is healthy. But I don't think Michigan is going to feel pressured to say, hey, we got – we have to have Edwards dressed for this game to risk further injury. I think 
Corum can do enough in the receiving game, and Stokes is a good enough runner between the tackles where, you know, whatever you can do with Edwards is obviously going to be better because of Edwards' ceiling and athletic ability. But I think the running game will be just fine against a porous Maryland defense if you just roll with Corman Stokes. So. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm definitely more wanting the offensive line to get healthy as, as much as we can. Which brings us to the next one. Uh, left guard Trevor Keegan uh, exited the game against UConn and never came back. Not surprised he never came back. Again, not really a game where you needed to force him to come back. But Harbaugh, again, did not really, as he is with all injuries, did not really get into it, uh, specify anything, say whether he could have come back if needed or not. So, um, again, one of those things, well, maybe we'll find out if he practices, but for sure one of those things where it might be Saturday morning, uh, you know, during warm-ups <laughs> where, hey, is he dressed or no? So Right. Um, and then, yeah, that's about it. A couple depth guys, Carson Barnhart, uh, offensive lineman and linebacker, Nakai Hill-Green, uh, both left with an injury on Saturday as well. Um, Harbaugh believes they will be able to play uh, against Maryland, though. So just minor injuries to that crew. But, you know, for the most part through these three games, Michigan was able to get out fairly healthy. Obviously, Cade and Edwards, um, bummer, but it doesn't sound like either of them are going to be too long-term. Edwards could be back as early as this week. Sounds like they expect Cade to be back by mid-October at the latest. Yeah. So, um one of those things, bummer, but uh, oh, you know, they got State, out pretty Penn State games, or so. Michigan State, I expect to be back. And honestly, that's the target because I, I would want him back for those games in case something does happen. Obviously, anything can happen to J.J. in any game, but those are the defenses that are a little more complex, in my opinion, that we have on our schedule uh, compared to some of the others. So um, it'll be interesting to monitor moving forward. But uh, moving on, the AP poll, you know, we'd like to update every week as they come out. Michigan remains at number four this week. Um, Georgia, you know, the top five basically remain the same. Georgia stays at number one. Um, I think the biggest one to talk about here, um, BYU, uh, went into Oregon and lost number 12. BYU now falls to number 19. Oregon moved from 25 to 15. Um, were you surprised by that result at all? It was good shellacking. I, I didn't really know what to expect, but I definitely didn't think it was going to be a, like a dominating performance. I, I think. I think Oregon's one of them, you know, it's pretty overhyped every single year. I mean, I never thought they were going to play against Georgia, but I definitely didn't think they were going to lose like 59 to 3 or whatever it was. Um, but no, they, they, they seemed like they, they they figured it out a little bit on offense with Bo, uh, Bo Mix. So, yeah, it was one of those things where we thought Baylor would beat them. You know, yeah, I, the week I, wouldn't, prior, have, I so. wouldn't have been surprised. Yeah, and uh, like we said, I thought Baylor, yeah, like you said, I thought Baylor was going to beat BYU last week, or excuse me, two weeks ago. Yep. Um, but BYU, BYU has a lot returning, so I, I, the, the the hot start isn't as surprising for a ton of people. Another one uh, that happened, and kind of not a surprise, I think Miami, Florida, and Texas A&M are both overrated teams, but number 13 Miami, Florida did lose to uh, number 24 Texas A&M at the time, a week later after Texas A&M was upset by App State. Uh, Miami falls all the way to 25 from uh, number 13, and Texas A&M went up 1-23, to 23, but, no, again, I can't really say I'm surprised because Miami seems to be just as overrated every year as A&M does. So, you know, <laughs> this is, both two honestly, overrated teams, someone's got to win. Honestly, out of the two programs, I think Miami's going to end up turning the corner sooner than uh, Texas A&M. I think they have the better quarterback right now. Yeah. Uh, Van Dyke is, I think, a solid player. Obviously, didn't have the best game uh, Saturday, but, you know, um, happens. Florida. Just, I guess Texas oh, A&M's going with Brad Johnson's son. Yeah, the, the one-time quarterback in the NFL, yep. Mac, Max Johnson. 
see how it works out for them. They, you know, all the NIL money, they're supposed to have some of the best players. Uh, that's in what the I'm nation, saying. Where so. is that at? Uh, yeah. So, uh, and then a, a kind of surprising one Florida uh, lost or won on a field goal uh, by three uh, playing, I believe it was South Florida. Um, yeah, I think you're correct. Yeah, so that was surprising how close that was. Yes, it was South Florida. So 31 to 28. And I think Florida trailed for a good chunk of that game at one point. So uh, I just think that they went down because they struggled with a team that's irrelevant. Yeah, and you know, um, Sheldon Richardson did not have the best game. Um, Sheldon Richardson. Why do I say that? Anthony Richardson. <laughs> Sorry, get these confused with some of these NFL guys. But uh, yeah, not a sharp game from them. They'll look to rebound against uh, Tennessee, who's ranked 11th in the country. Um, so a uh, top 25 clash uh, down there uh, in Florida at 3.30 on Saturday will be a good game. And then uh, I think my biggest – my honestly, my biggest surprise of the weekend, I thought they could win the game, and they did, but the way Penn State handled Auburn on the road was uh, not scary, but definitely like, okay. Yeah. They're, 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 I think they're fine on a run game. They got some young backs, some true freshmen that are figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And that uh, Singleton, that yep. true freshman running back, he he looks like his advertising. He, he does. Really he good. does. They got some great receivers. They're playing some strong defense. Penn State's going to be no joke in a few weeks. Yeah, no, and I agree with you. I think uh, that was surprising. Auburn obviously isn't the Auburn we know from a few years ago. Um, you know, their quarterback position's kind of in a question mark right now, and they're a little down, but uh, Penn State. You know, under James Franklin hasn't always been the best road team, especially out of conference, and um, they're able to go down there and pretty much dominating fashion uh, beat Auburn. So uh, they'll play Central Michigan this upcoming Saturday. Fire up chips. Yeah, I'm sure they'll uh, have their way with the Chippewas. Um, but, yeah, and then, you know, I think the last thing we want to mention just around college football is how bad the Big Ten West is. It's 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 truly unbelievable. Uh, yeah. Northwestern goes out and uh, – Loses to nobody. Yeah, loses to um, – no, who was it? Um, Southern Illinois, 31-24. Purdue lost in Syracuse. Syracuse isn't a terrible program, so that one I can actually understand a little bit. but Not terrible, but it's it, eh. to me, they're Purdue adjacent. And Purdue, I'm, to me, should be better with O'Donnell at quarterback. Like, and they just, I don't know. Iowa finally scored more than one touchdown in the game, so congratulations Good job, to them. Um, and Wisconsin beat up on New Mexico State. But Minnesota, um, even though Minnesota's schedule has been a little bit on the weaker side for the first three weeks, um, they seem like they could be the favorite to win the Big Ten West at this point. I, that's, they're, we'll they're have my, a big test in, um, at Michigan State this uh, this upcoming uh, Saturday. Look so, out, Sparty. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see for sure. I think that could be almost a shootout-type game. It so. could be. It really could be. I, Minnesota, has want to con- they do want to control the clock as much yeah. as they can with the run game, but it – with the way both secondaries are. Minnesota doesn't have a that bad of a secondary, but they, they are known for giving up some big plays. So. And then uh, Indiana went to overtime rebuilding Western Kentucky team, so that's yeah. wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the, Big, the, game, though. the Big Ten's not looking too hot to start off this year so far. Uh, just a couple teams have made some noise. Um, but, yeah, moving on to that, I think we can uh, talk about the Maryland game coming up this Saturday. All right, so as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, it's finally uh, the start of Big Ten play for the Michigan Wolverines. They will take on Maryland uh, this Saturday at the Big House. 
I believe it is a noon. 12 noon kickoff. Yes, yes. sir. Um, Maryland coming in 3-0 and as well with wins against Buffalo um, at Charlotte and against SMU. Uh, SMU game, um, there's a little bit of a – there are definitely some people who thought SMU could sneak that one out. Um, it was a 31-24 to uh, final, I believe, in Maryland's favor. 34-27. Yeah, like 34-27, actually, yeah. yeah. You're right. Um, but, yeah, so Maryland's coming in 3-0. and um, You know – a little bit better of a schedule than Michigan, but both have not played anyone uh, extremely uh, difficult to start the year. So this will be a interesting matchup on both sides of the ball. Um, Talia Tungvaloa, uh, you know, my know his older brother from Bama, now the Miami Dolphins quarterback, Tua Tungvaloa. He has been, um, you know, a pretty good passer for Maryland. Um, good quarterback. I'd definitely rank him in the top half of the Big Ten uh, quarterbacks. Um, and, you know, that's going to be Maryland's bread and butter coming into this game. Um, they're going to, uh, Talia is currently on the season 68 for 88, 77.3% uh, passing percentage, uh, with 180.7 rating for 895 yards, six touchdowns and two interceptions. So pretty impressive so far in the young season. Um, and it's a guy that's going to test Michigan for the first time this year. So, um, what, what do you kind of see, uh, Michigan defensively trying to do to slow us down? Because, uh, Maryland, while they have the 30th ranked passing offense, averaging 310 yards per game, um, they are only ranked 76th in rushing yards per game. So it's going to be one of those things where, you know, Maryland might try to run the ball early, but if they don't establish anything, I could see Maryland really just going to air this out uh, and test Michigan's uh, secondary. No, I, I'm with you. Uh, they, they do a lot of misdirection stuff. They're going to try to, you know, outflank us with motion and do some – uh, you no know, quick passes to start, but the, they do have a pretty good running back in my mind. He's, a, I think, he's a freshman. They kind of they've already compared him to McFarland, who, you know, as we a couple years ago, McFarland's a pretty good player. Um, but I think uh, this will be a quarterback if we don't get him off his spot and we don't collapse the pocket. Um, I like our secondary, but these dudes can run. Yeah, uh, they are very quick. Um, so if we don't get to the quarterback, that this could be a you know, a, a, a shootout quickly if we don't take care of business. Yeah, and really you have the number one offense in Michigan going against the number 29th offense in terms of points scored per game um, in Maryland. Obviously, again, take it with a grain of salt. The schedule so far for both teams have been a little bit on the weaker side. So obviously those level those averages will come down to earth as they get into more Big Ten play. But, um, you know, and that's where we can flip a little bit to Michigan's side of the ball. Offensively, you know, Jim Harbaugh is always going to try to run first, right? Always. If Maryland, who, you know, average run defense, are allowing about 118 yards a game so far throughout the year, but they're allowing the 205th worst passing yards per game, which is 273 um, yards a game, you know – do you see Michigan airing this out a little more than maybe we're used to seeing? Even and and part of that being with the quarterback switch to JJ McCarthy. Do you think Michigan kind of tries to attack through the air and you know more balanced, I guess, 50-50 rather than the usual 65-35? Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think you're right, Chad. I think this will be the most balanced offense we've had in a minute, just because of JJ's ability. Um, just take the ball down the field. I'm not saying Kate couldn't, but JJ does have a bigger arm, more velocity. I just can do a little bit more, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if you know we're a, a like a 
45, you know, percent run, you know, type of deal compared to pass. Um, just to, they have, big, but we're still going to run the ball first. So we're, we're going to see what we can do there. And Harbaugh won't stop if he doesn't have to, but I do think we're going to take some shots this week. Yeah, I would expect play action shots to be utilized because I don't think Michigan's going to be stuffed in terms of like, I think they'll be able to run the ball. Maybe not as at a rate they have in these first three games, but I think they're still going to be effective enough on the ground where they won't have to go away from it. Well, I, I, I would agree too, because like if you look at Buffalo, Charlotte, and SMU, I mean, those aren't, those aren't big time caliber offensive lines. Right. And if they've struggled to stop the run there, I'd like to think that Michigan will one of the best be offensive fine. lines in the country can, you know, lay on them and, Keep going. Right. And I get still my whole point. Like Maryland is definitely going to be a step up from what Michigan's played mm-hmm. so far this season. They're going to present some challenges, especially to our defense. But I think when it comes down to it, I still think Michigan's going to be able to score at a high rate, you know, get into the 30s, um, yeah. for even maybe 40 points. Because yeah. I, I just don't see this Maryland defense just isn't consistent enough. I think they get stops very often. Yeah. If Michigan is playing to you know what their potential is, well, I, I'm with you. I think my cause of concern will be if if we can because Maryland likes to on second and long, third and long uh, situations to play a lot of man coverage, and mm-hmm. they will blitz occasionally. But they like their athletes out there, and man coverage is not always the easiest to get open if you're not run your routes correctly and have the right play calls. Um, so I I don't want if we continue to get into that third and long, second and long situations, I won't be. I, I'd be a little bit cause of concern in how we, how well we adjust to that. Yeah, it would be. I guess it'd be interesting to see. But I think you know, and Michigan's receivers seem to be a step up from last year. So I would imagine, you know, they're going to be able to get separation in those man situations and things like that. So um, sorry, we have a, a visitor on the show. My dog Kaya and uh, dogs Kaya and Tito keep walking in the room and distracting us a little bit. But um, um. Yeah, so I think Michigan, you know, offensively, the players are good enough to get separation in those man situations. You know, we don't want to see them fall behind the sticks on second and third down, but if so, that's what you have JJ for, right? For They're sure. supposed to be a step up where, hey, he can make tight throws, he can make plays, he can make plays with his legs if needed. So um, I think the most interesting thing I'm looking at in this game, looking forward to seeing in this game, and we mentioned a little bit earlier, was – Maryland's passing attack against this defense. What what do you see Michigan's defensive game plan being or doing to, you know, get pressure on Tungvaluwa and slow down that passing attack? Because, you know, if they get going and get comfortable, this could, as you mentioned, turn into a shootout. No, I think first and foremost we got to disguise. If we just line up in a coverage and say, here we are, I think uh, uh, he's this quarterback's good enough to just pick us apart. So I think we got to move around, do the, do those type of things. Be a little creative with our blitzes. Look one, have it come look one way, but we're really coming the other way. Um, he's a quarterback where he hates to run. Um, he's he he has the ability. He to has to. He just hates. He's to. a pocket. He, has he, a pass. Wants, he, he wants, wants to stay in the pocket, yeah. and if we get him on the run, I think he's not as great as he. You know, I think that's his weak point is on the run throws. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we can get him off a spot, collapse the pocket, I think we'll be all right. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. And, you know, do you see – I mean, do you see much change or do you think Michigan's going to play their man coverage uh, majority? I think we're going to see more a mixed bag this week. Okay. Um, I, I, I think if we get in them in those third and long situations, we'll probably play some man and get after the quarterback. But I think we'll, we're going to play probably a good amount of zone blitz scheme that I see, a lot of edge pressure, um, you know, those type of things to 
uh, get too uh, uncomfortable quickly. Yeah, and I think you're going to finally see, um, you know, what 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 we're going to see from Michigan's defense kind of moving forward. You're not mm-hmm. you're not going to see such a vanilla front anymore like you did in these first couple of games. You're going to see those blitzes start to happen. See see that pre snap movement. See what Minter's trying to do to disguise, like you mentioned, and you know get the quarterback and offense kind of confused with what they're seeing. So. It'll be interesting to see how uh, Michigan's defense handles it. Um, I, I think it is a good test um, moving forward because uh, we do have other teams that we're going to play that can uh, chuck the rock around the yard. Um, our rival that we have been able to beat yet with Coach Tucker, uh, obviously Payne Thorne and Jalen Reed are uh, two. Uh, Jalen Reed especially is one of the more elite receivers in the country. So um, it's a good test early on in the season to see what the where they excel and what they may need to work on moving forward. Um, really quick, just to touch on the offensive side of the ball again for Michigan. Um, Maryland's defense, you know, do you think that 3-4 front is going to cause any issues um, for for a run game, or do you think you – know, I mean, it can. They do a lot of slanting and angling, so they'll just line up one way and move. And so, like, if you're not – don't have your head up and those type of things, and you assume as an offensive line they can get you in a bad spot. But I think we're – they're not very big. They're just quick. So if we can get our paws on people and move, I think we're going to be fine. And with our scheme, if you're going to be slanting and angling as a defense, you better be right. Right. Otherwise, you're going to have some massive, massive holes in the defense, and we'll, Blake Horn would be going. I'm saying that's where I was going to get to my point. I think you're going to see a couple big runs break in this game because of how they want to attack the deep uh, offense. So. You know, I think, um, you know, as you mentioned, they've given up a good chunk of rushing yards to their first three opponents who none of them are, you know, at the caliber of Michigan. Um, Michigan's offensive line is coached, you know, very well. Um, They know how to read defensive fronts. They're going to make the right calls, adjustments at the line. And, you know, I think you're going to see Michigan have another very successful day in offense. Obviously, I don't think they're going to drop 59 like they did against UConn. um, It was a 55, no, 60 last year, wasn't it? Uh, on Maryland, wasn't it like fifty? It could have been. I thought. Um, I mean, I know we had a couple of special team scores in there, but or we had a kick return or something like that. But I thought I thought it was up that high last year. Could have been, but yeah, I think. Uh, but I mean, I, I agree. I don't think it will be that high, yeah. but I think uh, I think Michigan's offense though is gonna you know be as it has been advertised so far this season, and um, the true test I think is gonna be what see what that young Michigan defense looks like against uh, Tungvaluwa and the Maryland passing attack. So uh, we look forward to it. Um, it'll be a good game. We'll sit down Saturday at noon and uh, check out. Jordan, what are you going with uh, for your prediction on this game? I'll go uh, 38-17. 38-17, Maryland? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go uh, 42-21, to I think. I think uh, this is – to, the, to me, this is going to be the type of game where they might exchange some scores early on and, you know, it might be tight up until halftime. But I think at, at some point in the game, Michigan's going to kind of just pull away. I do think the defense is going to get a turnover for a touchdown, whether it's a pick or a fumble for a touchdown. But I do think the defense is going to get a score in this game. Um, and, you know, I look forward to it. I think, uh, I think it's going to be a better game in terms of um, – I think we'll get a better, yeah, I think we'll get but, a better uh, assessment of our team too. Just yeah, but at the end of the day, I think Michigan's still going to have a pretty wide margin of victory when all is said and done. So, um, with that, we'll get into our betting segment. All right. So as always, we like to do a quick betting segment just to enhance some of the games we're watching over the weekend. Throw a couple bucks on to uh, 
help the entertainment value of some of these games. Um, last week, I think we went one and two again. I know can't we, get over the hump, Chad. I know. I know we lost the Iowa game. They actually scored some points this week. We took uh, uh, Nevada plus twenty three and a half, and Iowa won twenty seven to nothing. That game was like delayed for hours it was. because of the it was. storm. Yep. Um, I believe we won. We took Michigan minus fifty one or two, whatever it ended up being, and they uh, Michigan ended up covering. I don't quite remember the third bet as I did not write it down because uh, I <laughs> when we prepared the show sheet last week, the spreads hadn't come out yet, and um, when they did, we kind of just did it on the fly. So this week um, we're going. Uh, our first game we selected is our Michigan Wolverines minus seventeen versus Maryland as we sit here on a Tuesday uh, evening. Um, I'm taking Michigan minus 17. Um, I would we, agree. Both of our score projections uh, in the last segment had them over uh, that number. Um, I had them winning by 21. I think you had them winning by a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, at the end of the day, I think Michigan is going to be able to separate themselves. I don't think Maryland's defense has enough to consistently stop Michigan's offense. Where I do think Michigan's defense can be able to get a couple stops. Uh, Tungavailoa, you know, in crunch time has also been known to force balls and throw some, you know, Bad interception, so I think Michigan's going to be able to uh, cushion that score a little bit as the game gets towards the ending. So uh, any thoughts on that one? No, I think you you hit it on the head. I think Michigan does exactly what we've talked about. I think you're. The, I would be shocked if it's less than that. Um, that means either we played very, very poorly or Maryland's a little better than we anticipated. So um, I would – I, if we lose this one, I'll be shocked. Yeah. So uh, Tuesday, or, uh, as of Tuesday, uh, we got Minnesota at Michigan State with an over-under of 51 uh, points. I think this game's going to hit the over. I don't think Michigan State's defense looked very – obviously didn't look very good against Washington. Penix had his way. Penix, man. Yeah. Uh, MSU's kryptonite the last couple of years. Um, Minnesota's been scoring points in bunches. They haven't played anyone. Their schedule is very similar to Michigan, where they've played a lot of bad teams to start the year. So while their defensive numbers are good, it just has been proven. And Minnesota's defense wasn't great last year. They've right. been known to give up big plays, as you said, uh, noted earlier uh, when we were talking about in the AP segment. Um, so I think this game could be a shootout in East Lansing. Um, you know, I expect Jalen Reed to be back for Michigan State, which should help Peyton Thorne and that offense out a little bit. I just don't think either team's going to get many stops, so I'm taking them to combine for over 51 points. Uh, where are you on that one, Jordan? I'm actually not going to agree on this one because I think the both teams, whether they re- do it on purpose or not, are very time possession oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, Minnesota wants to run the crap out of the ball, so they may get some big chunk plays, but I'm not sure if both teams will combine for 51 points total. I think it might be more closer to like a – like a 31 to or like a 21 to 10 ball game potentially. Okay. Maybe something like that. That's a good way to look at it. If, you know, they kill the timeout and eat up a lot of time per possession, then yes, it would be hard to get uh, up to 51 points. So that's another way to look at it. And then um, our last one, uh, Ohio State is favored by 18 points against Wisconsin. Ohio State is the home team. And you'll understand from listening to past episodes if you have (laughs) – I can't stand Wisconsin. I think they're a terrible but you team. you got to hate Ohio State more. Well, I do hate Ohio State. But this is my belief that Graham Mertz is a terrible quarterback. Yeah. And whatever they try to do against Ohio State's not going to work. Unless Ohio State can't stop a one-dimensional team, meaning Ohio State can't stop the run when they know Wisconsin all they can do is run the ball, 
then Ohio State should blow the doors off Wisconsin, like in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And Wisconsin usually has a decent defense. I was gonna say I like but, I like Coach Leonard a lot. I do too, but it's one of those situations where, and we've seen it with many teams, your defense gets stops early. They get stops early. They keep you in it. They keep you in it, and your offense keeps going out there, going three and out, or has a bad turnover right. and things like that. And eventually, the defense just wears down, and you know it takes off. I I can see Ohio State winning this game by twenty one to twenty eight points at the end of the day. So I see. I, I you're probably right. I also could see like a weird Notre Dame Ohio State game again where Wisconsin just can't score, but their defense gives them the game for a long time. It's a low-scoring affair, but at the same time, they, I think they got a Jigba back. I I think they will have more than 18-point victory. Yeah, I think Wisconsin's defense is – I mean, it's a big physical defense, right? And they have athletes, obviously, but I think it's more set up to stop, you know, Ohio State is a SEC spread team, essentially. All the speed they have, the space they can get, you know, their offensive line are not only big, but they're quick. I just don't know if Wisconsin has the speed at all levels on their defense to essentially stop this, you know, massive offensive machine that is Ohio State, C.J. Stroud and crew. If Wisconsin was home, I'd feel a little bit better about it, but since they're on the road, I think Ohio State blows the doors off. Yeah, and I would agree. If Wisconsin was a home team, I could see that being different. Camp Randall Stadium is not an easy place to play, um, except when Michigan takes over their uh, jump pants. <laughs> <or whatever. laughs> but, yeah, um, so that's our three games. We're taking Michigan minus 17. I'm taking Minnesota and Michigan State to go over 51 points. Jordan is taking them going under. And uh, we both agree that Ohio State being the home team will probably win by more than 18 points, which is the spread. Um, so that's our band segment for week four um, of – uh, the season and first week of Big Ten play for most of the Big Ten teams. So, team, uh, this year is already flying by. I know. We're looking forward to the uh, start of Big Ten play, and uh, we'll revisit next week to see if we can finally uh, be on the winning side of our three bet segment. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. Remember, you can follow us on Spotify or subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts by searching the Victors Dash in Michigan Podcast. You can also subscribe to Between the Whistles Detroit on YouTube to catch our podcast as well as the rest of your Detroit sports needs. Um, again, and you know, we post on Facebook. I'm sure that's where most people are seeing um, you know the links to our episode. Feel free to comment. Um, we'd love we'd love the feedback and you know love to get different perspectives perspectives to bring to our conversations on a weekly basis um this week we combined in the one episode um usually we're trying to get to two episodes during the season like we did the last couple weeks but uh you the yukon game just did not offer enough to uh discuss that would just not be entertaining and boring for you guys so this week we're going one episode next week we'll be back to two episodes uh, we'll have our uh breakdown of the maryland game uh in the first episode next week and then we'll have another episode previewing Michigan's first row game against Iowa. So tune in uh, next week. Tune in next week for both of those episodes. And uh, as we carry on, we'll have two episodes per week, uh, like I mentioned. So um, Michigan's first Big Ten game against Maryland. Go Blue. Go Blue.